Hello, everybody. Welcome to the N American F1 podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Klein, and it is a Brazilian Grand Prix race weekend. And yes, we are all excited for this week's Brazilian Grand Prix. But there is so much F1 news going around, so many things to talk about, so little time. It's a Thursday, gearing up for the weekend. So let's get to it. Let's get to the big, big news entering this Brazilian Grand Prix weekend, which I got to say, Brazil is one of those tracks you get very excited for because more often than not, the racing is pretty good. Of course, last year had the spectacular, uh, what would you call it? The Mercedes spicy engine uh, performance, right? We had the investigation of Lewis Hamilton's rear wing. We had all that drama. And Brazil last year essentially set up that spectacular finish at Abu Dhabi. And we saw just the absolute pace and speed of the Mercedes. And we were all thinking, this is it. This is how Lewis gets his eighth championship. But of course, the FIA Michael Massey had different ideas. Anyway, nevertheless, let's get to this week's Brazilian Grand Prix and all the news surrounding it. And I think we got to start this race weekend looking at what could be the biggest news of the week. And it's not going to be really the most surprising news of the week, but it definitely will be some of the most talked about and probably, oh my God, it is going to create a firestorm on whatever that new Twitter is because Holy shit, Elon Musk is really... If F1 Twitter wasn't confusing already, with all this Elon Musk things going on, it's going about to get even more confusing. But anyway, the big news with Haas Racing, Haas, Haas, the American team ran by Gene Haas and Crazy Gunther Steiner, is going to make a driver announcement. And the rumor is, the biggest not surprise in Formula One is that Haas Racing is probably going to sign Mr. Million Starts No Podium, which I think is an irrelevant statistic, but they're going to sign Mr. Nico Hulkenberg. That's my best Daniel Ricciardo impersonation. How does he do that? Nico Hulkenberg. Hulkenberg. Anyway, yeah, we're getting Nico Hulkenberg back in Formula One. Probably. Maybe. I'm recording this. It's Thursday morning. The announcement is supposed to be made at some point this weekend. But all I know is if Haas Racing does indeed go with Nico Hulkenberg, we are going to see a shitstorm with Haas. And I understand there are a lot of Mick Schumacher fans there. I. I think Mick is going to end up getting a raw deal on this one. Sorry, I'm just enjoying my nice little Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee. Waking up, getting ready for that Brazilian Grand Prix, talking about Mick Schumacher. Probably going to be out of a ride next year, which I really think if Mick is out of a ride, you got to say, like, come on, man. Like, I've been saying this for weeks now. I get why Haas wants Nico Hulkenberg. And actually, I was 
I was out last night. I was having a few sips of beverages with one of my F1 fans. We started getting into some deep Formula One conversations, but this came up. And a lot of fans I feel that I talk to, and maybe I'm biased because a lot of my fans are uh, my fans. Wow. A lot of my friends are Ferrari fans or, you know, Michael, of course. But a lot of people just don't see how with the options available, Haas is going to cho- uh, going to choose Nico Hulkenberg. And I think the thing about Mick is like Mick never really had enough of an opportunity. If it if it ends up being true that Mick is out of a ride, I feel like he never had a true opportunity to sufficiently prove himself in that car. And I know you could say what you want about the first half of the year. And yes, Mick undoubtedly made mega mistakes. Mick, you know, crashed at uh, Saudi Arabia. He had that Monaco crash too. He had that incident in Miami where he threw away points by making contact with Seb. But other times he kind of got screwed by Haas strategy. And I think the big problem too lies... With Haas saying, Mick, making that ultimatum for Mick in the second half, saying he has to get points. Or else. I think that was an unreasonable expectation considering the pace of the car. But it's going to be interesting if Haas does indeed um, pick up Nico Hulkenberg. And it's not that Nico isn't a bad driver. I actually wrote about it earlier this week. Nico is a solid driver. He will finish races for you if your car is good he'll finish in the points is is he the best out there no but it just boggles my mind that a team like Haas would rather go with the older talent overall like they have Magnuson and they have Nico Hulkenberg I freaking hit the wrong button and ended up Messing this up. So now it's like divided in half. So anyway, uh, keep going. Uh, we're talking about Kevin Magnuson, Nico Hulkenberg, right? Definitely like one of the oldest uh, <laughs> mixes on the grid, right? You got Nico Hulkenberg, who is 35 years old. You have Kevin Magnuson, who is, you know, older too. I mean, not completely old. He's 30, but that's old in F1 terms. So that's that's an interesting lineup to go with. But, I mean, I, I get it. At the same time, I don't get it. Like, I get the consistency that Hulkenberg brings. But I don't know why you wouldn't want to give Mick that one more opportunity. And I, I always go back to, I believe it was um, Franz Tost who said um, that, you know, a driver in F1, I think he was talking about Yuki, actually. I believe he said, you know, when it comes to... Deciding on young drivers, three years is the mark. Three years is the marker. And I think that's a fair assessment because, you know, you kind of get that year one. You got to get settled to the car. Year two, you kind of have that year to figure things out. And then year three, it's either you're in or you're out. And I think that's fair. I think that's a fair assessment. And Franz Tos has developed some great drivers. So uh, I think he knows a little bit what he's talking about. But we were talking last night with one of my buddies that, is there something at like is there is there some kind of animosity between Steiner and Mick? I don't know. It seems like things kind of soured after that race in Austria 
where, you know, Mick kind of was a little aggressive and wanted to be prioritized over K-Mac. And I don't know if that led to some friction. I know Steiner was very critical about Mick being more mature and things like that. But I don't know. I feel like the second half of the year, Mick has been more consistent and has shown some good race pace. So to me, I feel like he's getting the short end of the stick if he's indeed out of a ride for 2023 and it's really going to be a shame and if Mick is out of a ride what are his options realistically I mean his only chance to hold on to his seat which let's get real Logan Sargent is probably going to get the super license points so unless Logan Sargent absolutely bins it at Abu Dhabi he he's going to be in that Williams ride so for Mick I mean I don't know what what's out there there's got to be do you do the Alex Albon thing? Do you do the, you know, sit out a year, the Esteban Ocon style thing where you sit out a year, you are a reserve driver, you you get things done, you put your head down and do what you got to do and hope something materializes for the next season? I know there's been a lot of talks with, you know, could Mick find himself with an Audi seat? Mick himself has really denied that speculation. So it's interesting to see where that can go. I don't know where it will go. Maybe, you know, who needs a reserve driver? I don't know who's out there. Uh, obviously, Red Bull and Mercedes have been in talks with Daniel Ricciardo. I'll talk about that later. But I really don't know what I, what options are out there for Mick. I thought I saw maybe McLaren has a reserve driver. Maybe Ferrari keeps him on like they did with Giovinazzi. Maybe Haas even keeps him as a reserve driver. I don't know. But... It's going to be interesting to see. I don't think we're going to see Mick done with racing. You know what would be kind of interesting? And I'm going to get into this later too when I talk about Latifi and Ricardo. Uh, but, you know, screw it. I'll talk about it now. Our drivers that are potentially out of rides, right? We know Vettel's retiring. We know Latifi's out. We know Daniel Ricardo's out. And most likely, Mick is out of a ride. So I was just thinking like, speculating about each of these guys and the things they're doing. So Latifi has been connected to F1 seats and he hasn't flat out said it yet, but he has been connected to it. So it'd be interesting to see if maybe I can't see Mick following the IndyCar path, but there is definitely um, some speculation about Latifi going to IndyCar. And I was talking about that yesterday too with my buddies. And he was, oh my God. Well, one, f- full disclosure, big Mercedes fan he is. Uh, well, I just sound like Yoda there. Big Mercedes fan he is. But, uh, um, yeah, he was all absolutely like just crapping on Latifi saying, this guy shouldn't even be near a car. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. This guy's been driving F1 cars. Let's come in a little bit of a slack. It's not like Latifi... Granted, not a great driver, but and has made terrible mistakes. But I want to see him give it a go in IndyCar. Like you see, some of these guys who struggled in F one end up killing it in IndyCar. So you know, <laughs> it'd be interesting to see maybe endurance racing, uh, things like that. I could see Mick Schumacher maybe you know following in his dad's footsteps, going to some endurance racing. That'd be kind of cool, you know. Um, you know, harking back to those days where his dad, I mean, Michael Schumacher was an amazing endurance driver back in the day, you know, um, with Sauber and the Mercedes. So it'd be kind of cool to see where that 
goes. You know, he's one of those random, one of those random stories. And I, I, I think maybe, you know, we see a lot of Formula One drivers go really well with uh, sports cars and endurance racing. Uh, so, you know, you never know with the speculation there what Mick or Latifi could end up doing now. The other big guy is Daniel Ricciardo. Daniel Ricciardo. Uh, where's he going to go? What is he going to do? And a lot of people are... This is funny. What's funny is... And I think Mika Hakkinen was talking about this too. Right? Daniel Ricciardo. Everybody's like, Daniel Ricciardo's making a dumb decision going with this whole... Uh, holding out for a year, taking a sabbatical. And Mika Hakkinen obviously commented on it too. Saying, well, yeah, you know... Daniel Ricciardo can't take a sabbatical. It's a, it's a big mistake. Well, you say that now, but when you look at, you know, if I'm if I'm Daniel Ricciardo, I look at that and saying, well, let's think about this for a second. Esteban Ocon. Now, I'm going to give you the young guys. Esteban Ocon takes a year off, gets his ride back, or gets a ride back, I should say. Ends up being a Grand Prix winner, right? Esteban Ocon takes a year off, Gets a ride. Alex Albon. Gets dumped by Red Bull. Year later. Back at Williams. Kevin Magnussen. Thought he was done. Gets a ride. If it's true what's happening with Haas. Nico Hulkenberg. Out for three years. I know he did some reserve driver roles and things like that. Super subbing. But out, essentially, back in. So to say it's not a possibility, I understand it's a big risk, but you never know. You get with one of these teams, anything can happen. You stay around. Although you could end up like, I could give you tons of other examples of guys who have taken reserve driver roles and, you know, we haven't seen them since. But I'm just saying that what options are there? And I think Daniel Ricciardo wants to stay around. I think Daniel Ricciardo would make a great broadcaster. I think he'd bring that level of personality and pizzazz, I guess. I don't know what you would say to, you know, F1 TV, Sky Sports. One of those things. It would be cool. And I think the fans would eat it up. But, yeah, I, I don't know what really the options are. But it was funny. Speaking of drivers and, like, new drivers replacing old ones, Logan Sargent. Good old USA, our American hero. Well, not, you know, not exactly. I hope he's not like a mid-US driver. Like, I hope the hype is real. I know he's with Williams. I hope he's fast. I hope he has some pace. Because, I mean, like, we haven't had a good American driver in a while. Anyway, but Logan Sargent doing another FP2. In place of Alex Albon this race weekend. Which, oh my god, reminds me. This race weekend, Brazil, is a sprint race weekend. And the sprint race weekend is highly controversial. And I think Max this weekend was just coming out about it. Saying, like, it's a waste of time. Like, basically saying, you know, it doesn't really help anybody. It's just a glorified procession. I'm kind of like... Summarizing Max's words there. But I've seen a lot of interesting comments on the sprint race. Personally, I love the sprint race. Oh, I think Max's argument was that it helps 
poor qualifiers, which it is true. If you're a poor qualifier and you have a good race trip, um, you know, it does kind of help you. But uh, yeah, the sprint race, you know, I, I have my mixed opinions about it. I kind of like it because, hey, I get to watch a race on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, I do find that qualifying on Friday mixes things up a little too. I think it puts a little pressure on the teams to figure things out in FP1. By the way, I hated, this is a random thought, but I hated that Pirelli tire testing. Where we had the extra like 30 minutes of practice. Like, I I don't know, it bothered me. It was annoying. Especially because like, now you have teams using unknown compounds. They don't tell you which ones they are. So now the speeds are all, you know, you got to guess, oh, that was probably a, a, a lap on softs, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. From I get it. It was important to gather data, but it was definitely really annoying for me to, like, watch and analyze. I don't know. I was frustrated by it. But anyway, sprint race weekend, very controversial. Some people love it. Some people absolutely hate it. I think the cool thing that F1 could do, and I've seen this a lot on Twitter, great suggestion Maybe, you know, kind of make it like what F2 does. Reverse the grid. You know, give these guys in the back of the field a chance to be up front. See what happens. You know, I I think it would mix it up. I think in F2 it works a little better because the cars are more spec. As opposed to, you know, Formula 1 cars where there's different development things. But I think it would be cool. Would it work at every... Obviously, we don't do the sprint at every track. So, like, you're not going to reverse grid at Monaco. You're not going to do it at Hungary. But, like, you do it at the tracks that, you know, are good for overtaking and, you know, have some interesting racing. I think that would be, you know, Brazil one for sure. Um, Maybe a place like Spa, uh, Silverstone. Those would be, like, interesting. I think those might be uh, interesting races to have sprint race weekends. You know, mix it up a little. Don't. And I do like that the sprint race isn't every weekend. I like that we only get it a few times a year. I think keep it keep it light. Make it like a little special treat. I like when you like look at a race weekend and you're like, oh shit, sprint race weekend this weekend. Like, I think it's a kind of a cool surprise. So, yeah, I mean, with Brazil, I mean, last year's sprint race was really spectacular. Mostly because just watching Hamilton eat up that field. Knowing you watched the sprint race last year, though, you knew that it was on. You knew that it was going to be between Max and Lewis. And you knew Lewis was probably going to win that race just just based on the sprint race alone. But I like the sprint race. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, the other thing I was talking about the other day, and it's just kind of funny because F1's getting popular. I Getting it is. So <laughs> between Vegas completely like being like, a huge show, U.S., the U.S. Grand Prix being sold out. Here in America, it's getting huge. And, I mean, it is everywhere now. It's starting to be everywhere. And I was just thinking, like, one of my buddies was like, ah, oh, I'm going to try to go to the Formula One race in Vegas. I'm like, good luck. Like, you got four grand? Like, and he goes, I wouldn't mind spending the four grand. I'm like, yeah, but by the time, you know, we live in New York, by the time you purchase the tickets... You got to get there, the rooming, lodging. It's going to be a $10,000 trip. I don't have that kind of time. I'd rather go to Europe, maybe a race. Like, I really want to go to Hungary for a race. I don't know why, but I really want to go. I love that track for some reason. I'd also go maybe to Zandvoort. But tickets are so hard to go by because, like, F1 is just killing it. And the thing I forgot to mention the other day, uh, I don't know how many of you guys are familiar with 
the big booty mix, but if you give it a listen, there's actually a little shout out, Formula One shout out to uh, the no, no, Michael, that is so not right. Uh, they do it as a little mic drop. And I was listening, I was bopping to the beats, and I heard it, and I was like, oh my God, they put it in there. Because when I first heard that last year, I was like, they got to turn this into, they got to make this a drop in the big booty mix. And I didn't ask for them to do it. I didn't put it on Twitter. They, like, you know, read my mind. That must have been, like, some telepathy. But (laughs) I heard that, and I was, like, so pumped. And as much as you think F1 is everywhere, it's not. Because I go to my friends who love this, and I go, guys, there's an F1 reference in there. And they're like, of course you would say that. Like, they're like, only you would know that. I'm like, it can't just be just me. Somebody else here has to know what I'm talking about. But as much as I think F1's still everywhere... Uh, when I get outside of my F1 bubble of friends, uh, it's not everywhere. It's not. It, it is, but it isn't. I do like that I have some students that talk about it, though, so that's kind of cool. But, yeah, Drive to Survive everywhere. Literally everywhere. Um, drive to Survive uh, fans, I would say, maybe. What was I going with Drive? Why did I put Drive to Survive on here? There's a reason. Drive to Survive. Well... I guess I was putting it on there really to talk about how it's relevant to, you know, F1 being everywhere and growing the sport. And I think, you know, a lot of people are controversial about the drive to survive fans. Listen, a lot of my friends are new F1 fans and I have no problem with it. You know, uh, you know, if you're if you're a fan because of drive to survive, then, hey, good for you. You know, you're, you're into the sport. And, you know, we got to welcome new fans to Formula One. Not every fan is going to, uh, you know, be the guy talking about Robert Kubica back in the day or talking about, like, you know, you know the, the <laughs> I don't know, uh, talking about the era of Mick Schumacher or, or Crashgate or things like that. You know, th- there are things these guys don't know, but it's okay. It's okay. I actually found myself, F1 TV, I brag about this so many times. I was bored one day and... I decided, I think during the offseason, I'm just going to start watching, like, old school races and just commenting on them. I was watching the end of the 2009 Canadian Grand Prix, which was quite an epic Grand Prix for me, you know. Um, I thought it was pretty cool seeing that whole, uh, you know, (laughs) Robert Kubica, the Polish god, getting a little win there. So, the 2009 Canadian Grand Prix, I don't know what made me watch it. I'm like, I'm going to watch the 2009 Canadian Grand Prix. And, man, it is so cool to watch it, though. Like, I don't know. There was something about that time watching the Canadian Grand Prix. Just like, I don't know. I really I really enjoyed watching it. Um, and I said 2009, I meant 2008. But, you know, it was just so cool to watch it and enjoy, like, the sounds of those cars and Truly, truly epic. So, yeah, fun. I'm going to do that a little more. Watch some old races. uh, Comment on them. Because it's just cool to see those old F1 cars going on and, you know, doing their thing. And, of course, like, as much as the commentary is the same and, like, everything's the same, I forgot how different things actually sounded and, you know, even, like, the whole podium celebration, how much that's changed. It's just... Just interesting. And then uh, the other big news, Alpine, huh? So I saw that Alpine is looking for more investors. And 
of all the teams connected to it, Lotus. And it was funny that Lotus came up because literally we were just talking about with some of my friends the other day how Kimi Raikkonen literally like essentially bankrupted them back in the day. And, you know, if you guys remember that story, but (laughs) right before Kimi went to Ferrari with that whole, you know, contract dispute, not getting paid, blah, 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 basically outperforming like it's amazing how well Kimi was in that car. Like, oh, my God. I like. (laughs) <laughs> I had to remind myself. I was I was just thinking about that. I'm like, oh my god! And that that was the discussion we were having. We we're just talking about like Kimi Räikkönen. It's like in the Lotus era, Kimi Räikkönen. That guy, like, <laughs> literally, Kimi Räikkönen was a god that graced our sport. And <laughs> I I want to see him racing NASCAR again next year. I wish he had like you know, he, ah, man, he had that stupid little contact and was out of the race. Dude was tearing it up. I want to see too, cause like. You know, there's that Project 91 by Trackhouse Racing, which is, of course, the team famous for, if you guys have seen Ross Chastain doing his little wall ride, free burden on the on the NASCAR race. Um, <laughs> I think it was kind of cool to see Kimi Raikkonen racing out there in NASCAR. And I want to see Kimi do that more often. Give me, give me more Formula One drivers. Give me more road course ringers in these NASCAR races. Give me Kimi Raikkonen. In that NASCAR car. Give me give me Daniel Ricardo. I want to see Daniel Ricardo. And I think he could, even with his role as a reserve driver. There's definitely a way he could squeeze it in. Give me Daniel Ricardo tearing it up on the NASCAR circuit just, just for a few races. Even hell throwing an oval there for for good measure. I don't know. But <laughs> that'd be pretty cool to see as well. So nevertheless, you know, this race weekend, we got Brazil coming up. I'm excited. I'm wondering if Brazil, and I know we say this every race weekend, or I feel like we've been saying this for a long time. Maybe it's finally time to admit it. Red Bull is going to flat out dominate the rest of this year. Do we really? Look, I know Mercedes has grown in potential. They've shown stronger cars. Ferrari's been Ferrari. But there is rain in the forecast this weekend. Could be could be the wild card. But for both the sprint and the actual race. But I know Mercedes has gotten better. Has been killing it. Destroying it. Better than they have. You could argue they were in a chance in contention at Mexico. But they screwed up. Strategy. And we keep saying to ourselves, is this the race where... Mercedes is going to win. Maybe we got to admit it. Maybe it's just not going to happen. Probably not. Probably won't happen because as strong as Mercedes is lately, it might just be that Red Bull ultimately has the superior car. Red Bull's better. They're faster. And as much as Mercedes might have made strides in development and will be closer to Red Bull, barring rain, if this is a dry race, I think it still goes through. I think Mercedes, uh, sorry, I think Red Bull is just too quick. So as much as I want to get hyped and say, yes, 
this could be the one where Mercedes gets it done. Part of me is saying it's not going to happen. But if there is rain, and I love a good rain in Formula One. I love, 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 love rain because it is, as we say, the great equalizer. Oh, you know, a rain race. If it's a rain race, I wonder, could like could a Fernando Alonso, a Sebastian Vettel, just like sneak in and give us one last glimpse? Well, I guess Alonso is going to be back next year, but can can like one of those guys just give us a glimpse of their greatness on the podium again? Right? Can like can we get a Seb win? Give us a Seb win before he retires. Oh, if the the Formula One gods can just grace us with enough rain to give the Aston Martin some pace to get Sebastian Vettel on the pole or Fernando Alonso and just get them both on the podium. Come on, make it happen. Make it happen. Actually, give me a Fernando. Give me a Vettel. And give me a Lewis. Or give me a Daniel Ricciardo. Amazing podium right there. Will it happen? Zero percent chance. But imagine it did. That would be epic. That'd be one of the craziest things ever. I wonder what I wonder what a parlay on that would be. Like maybe the last two races I'll just put like two dollars on a Alonzo Vettel. Ooh, do I go maybe Alonzo Vettel Hamilton podium or Alonzo Vettel Ricardo podium. Just give me that. Give me that. That'd be so cool. But anyway, that's my randing. Randing? Randing? What what does that even mean? Randing? That's my random F1 rambling for the race weekend. I'm going to come back on Sunday with a little preview. little action there. We're going to see, you know, a little preview. little post-game wrap-up. little post-race wrap-up. Talk about all that happened in the Brazilian Grand Prix and the race weekend. So pay attention to the news this weekend. Again, we might hear that big driver announcement from Haas Racing. And we'll see what happens. Is it hulking back? Or is it Mick Schumacher? Gear up for the Brazilian Grand Prix. Get ready. Get excited. It's a good racetrack. I'm pumped for it. You should be pumped for it. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at f one Also at F1Idiots. Check out our blog at F1Idiots.com. And I'll talk to you guys later.